0: All right, let's let's shift gears, John. The Texans are back at it after their quasi-bye week last week. So we all got to sit and watch football on Sunday. Kind of depressing watching teams play around the NFL, going, Oh my god, I can't believe the Texans play in the same league with um with, with these teams. Um, nevertheless, uh we we trudge forward and the Texans face off against the Giants in New York or in New Jersey um on Sunday. So we do the pregame six pack, John. The pregame six pack to get people ready for Giants and Texans Giants are a six and a half point favorite last I checked which is really interesting because at six and two they got the same record as a lot of really good teams but they've been winning a ton of close games this year and Daniel Jones I think Brian Dayball has done a really good job of kind of managing around Daniel Jones's deficiencies it's gonna be interesting to see what they decide to do with him in the offseason because they didn't exercise his fifth year option uh, but let's get it started John Pre-game six-pack storylines people and things involved in this game what is your first one?
1: Damian Pierce going against a run defense that's given up 125 yards of game rushing. You know, we know how bad the Texans are with 180, but the giants are not real good against the run. And Pierce was tremendous against the Eagles. I was stunned that he was able to run as well as he did. And he got good blocking. And if he can get good blocking again, and those guys up front are kicking some butt plus the tight ends and receivers, he might be able to have a hundred yard game, which would number one, give him a whole lot more publicity than he's been getting with the New York, New Jersey media. But also uh, it would keep them close. You know, when you're running a lot, you basically don't run away with a with a game unless there's a lot of turnovers. And the Texans have not committed a lot of turnovers. But I think Damian Pierce could keep them in position to have a chance to win in the fourth quarter, which they've had in all but one game, but have only been able to pull it off once.
0: Yep, I think Pierce is a good one. This is, I was surprised, John. I haven't watched a ton of Giants football this year. I've watched a little bit. Um, I was surprised how statistically – mediocre they are defensively I, I you know you figure a team that's kind of trying to manage around its quarterback and it's built on its run game with Saquon Barkley and I know that there are some individual performers on in that defense we'll get to I'm sure in this six-pack I was surprised they're 24th in DVOA on football outsiders defensive efficiency just overall defense I was surprised how how um, how poor they were uh, defensively statistically at least um, to that end my my uh, first Pre-game six-pack item is Dexter Lawrence, the defensive tackle out of Clemson, who was actually drafted in the same draft as um, as Daniel Jones back in 2019. That was back when Clemson, I think, had three guys drafted in the first round, Wilkins and Cleveland uh, Farrell, um, and, uh, and Dexter Lawrence was drafted by the Giants that year. He's always been pretty good in the run game. He's kind of added pass rushing and pressure from the interior to his game this year. He's got four sacks. He's got an over 90 grade on pro football focus, which is, you know, it's like an A uh, for his pass rushing and win rate and things like that. He's been really, really good. This is another game. This is the third game in a row where Kenyon Green, as a rookie, is going to get baptized here against high-level interior defensive linemen. It was Jeffrey Simmons two games ago. It was Fletcher Cox last week. And now Dexter Lawrence, who's playing at a very, very high level for the Giants. So the interior, the of the offensive line for the Texans, John, being able to open up things for Damian Pierce, who you mentioned in your item there, um, and also protect Davis Mills. We know oftentimes that pass rush that comes from up the middle is just as disruptive as a pass rush coming from the blind side because you're not allowed, you it doesn't allow you to step into your throws. So Dexter Lawrence versus the interior of the Texans offensive line for me.
1: They did a really good job against Fletcher Cox and then Hargrave killed him with three sacks and yeah. he led, and he led the Eagles in tackles. You never see a defensive alignment lead a team in tackles and Pittsburgh got rid of him. And so, um, uh, Quisenberry has not been playing very well. He's taken step back after an encouraging start. Kenyon green is playing really well. AJ Ken missed a Game came back. So, um, uh, I think they've got to, They'll focus on Lawrence the way they focused on uh, Fletcher Cox, but you got to be aware of everybody else. Um, my second one is Davis Mills has to outplay Daniel Jones. And Jones has six touchdowns, two, two interceptions. He hadn't turned the ball over, but he hadn't won a lot. He's rushed for almost 400 yards three touchdowns, has one 100-yard game. Mills, 10 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Mills has got to not turn it over. He's already thrown more interceptions than he threw. Other than Buffalo last year, he had four. He ended up with 10. He's already got eight through eight games. Putting him on a pace for 17, that's not good enough. He needs to go through a game in which he doesn't throw an interception and hope that Jones does. But if he allows Jones to outplay him, then – they're going to get beat without question. I don't think this game is going to be a blowout. I think the spread's about right because the Texans have played well on, at at home on the road, and and I don't think the Giants are a great team. I don't think they're as good as most six and two teams are, but um, I think Mills. He doesn't have to play great. He just has to be better. And it would help if he played a good game from start to finish.
0: On the road, too, John. It would help if he played well on the road. He's significantly worse on the road in, in his short career than he's been at home. I was looking it up before you and I jumped on the air today. His passer rating on the road is 69.6. That's, to use your word, pathetic. It's, that's bad. Under, honestly, in this in this day and age in the NFL, the way everybody – kind of has figured out how to game the system with passer rating. If you're anything below like a 90 in passer rating, then you probably got questions about your game. And certainly if you're hovering around 81 where Davis Mills is on the season overall, we know what that's looked like. We've watched every snap of it. And he is, he's an 81 for the season for his career. He's below a 70 on the road. That's how bad he is. He's 10 points below what he's looked like throughout the course of this season and other than the Jaguars, he's never won on the road. He's two and eight on the road, but those two wins came against Jacksonville. John, I'm at a stage with the Texans where I don't count wins against Jacksonville anymore when it comes to evaluating guys. Like <laughs> they, they just they beat Jacksonville. Okay, they beat them all the time. Screw Jacksonville. I cannot let Jacksonville's mediocrity and and just utter sheer football failure skew my evaluation of the the Houston Texans either individually or as a team. Davis Mills has to play a good game on the road, I, and I don't hear any more from people about well, he made these three great throws in a game. I'm with you. He's got to play well from beginning to end, and he's got to he he has got to show that he can go on the road in what I think will probably be a fairly hostile environment. New York, you know, it's a, it's an afternoon game, so whatever. But um, you know, it's a, it's a Giants crowd that's into their team. If their teams their team's good this year, so yeah, I'm with you. Davis Mills on the road, John, 100. percent is uh is one. Uh my next one is Brandon Cooks. What are we gonna see out of Brandon Cooks? He he didn't practice on Wednesday, which is normal. He usually gets a day's rest on Wednesday. Of course, he got plenty of rest last week, not playing in the Thursday night game. But what type of Brandon Cooks do we get? Well, first of all, is he gonna play? I'm assuming he is. <clears throat> I know they listed his injuries before he um before he took his ball and went home as wrist slash personal reasons. So hopefully his wrist is okay. Um But one, is he going to play? And if so, what kind of performance do we get from Brandon Cooks? I think the best thing for both parties, John, with Brandon Cooks and the Texans is that he comes back and balls out for these last nine games and makes himself a whole lot more marketable to other teams out there because that'll allow Nick Casario to give Brandon Cooks what he wants a whole lot easier, which is a trade, you know, play well so that you're more tradable.
1: He's not going to ball out because he hadn't balled out all season because Mills and Pep Hamilton have done poor jobs. So I think he needs to come back and play hard. He's a block. He needs to make it where everybody can see he's all in on whatever's going on over there. And then he'll be gone. They won't get anything for him except a low draft choice before the draft, which is deep, deep, deep in receivers again. I think Casario made a big mistake for not taking whatever he could get. Uh, when he talks to the media, I'd expect him to have Pablum. You know, he's not gonna answer what were the lies that he was he's covered up for as he tweeted. I think he'll be his usual boring self. You know, I was you know when some guys are flighty and flaky and when they do stuff like that, you it's not surprising. But Brandon Cooks, I was so surprised based on everything I know or thought I know about him after covering him for into the third season, but his teammates seem to like him and respect him, and I'm sure they don't blame him for wanting to be traded. If you give an opportunity, all of them would probably be want to be traded. And uh, but he's got to play his butt off against the Giants, and 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 then he's going to catch some balls. Davis Mills has got to be able to get them to him accurately. Yep. What's your last one, John? The run defense, the worst in the league, one of the worst in NFL history going up against Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones who can pull it in and take off uh, down the outside and or take off up the middle. They're The way they get killed by everybody. You know, they did. It's so funny. They gave up like 146 yards to the Eagles, and that was like, wow, their run defense was really good. And that's not good. It just wasn't pathetic like it usually is. I don't know how. They're possibly going to eat, be able to contain Barkley. Um, if you could, com- I would commit eight to the run, give them eight man fronts, make Daniel Jones throw the ball down the field and get beat by him and not the strength of their offense.
0: Yeah, I, um, it's, uh, it's the, the I, I don't know, man, this run defense, John, the numbers. The numbers that they are eventually going to wind up with this year, I think you and I may have gone through this when we did the mailbag earlier this week, the running backs they play between now and the end of the year. I mean, they still, they play Derrick Henry again. They play Travis Etienne, who all of a sudden has become one of the best backs in football this year. That pick is actually now looking really, really good for the Jags um, from from two years ago. Uh, They play Nick Chubb still uh, and Saquon this weekend, John. It's just, uh, it's, it's, it's a murderer's run. They play the Cowboys still who they, you know, the Cowboys run the football pretty well, mostly with Pollard these days, not Zeke, but, um, it's, uh, it might get worse before it gets better and that's saying something because this run defense is really, really bad. My last thing, John, is it's on the Giants side and I'll be interested to see what the effect is and how the Texans attack it. But the one big giant story from this week was their, their defensive play caller and third year safety, uh, Xavier McKinney, uh, injured his hand in Cabo on an in an ATV accident that the the Giants had their bye week this past week so even this little quasi bye the Texans are getting with extra rest it's completely mitigated by the fact the Giants actually had even longer rest going into this game which is the second time that's happened the Texans also shared a bye week with the Raiders earlier this year so any advantage the Texans are getting out of Thursday games or bye weeks was completely nullified by by the schedule makers um just as a weird aside but McKinney is the Giants defensive signal caller. Um, He's somebody, you know, he plays all their snaps. Um, He's out with an injury that was, you know, by all accounts, pretty stupid. You know, you're you're on an ATV in Cabo during the bye week and you, you you know, the, the ATV flips and you break your hand and now you're out for at least four weeks. He's on injured reserve. So I'll be interested to see if the Texans do anything to try to, um, to try to attack that. You know, is it will do they actually take some deep shots? You know, does Pep Hamilton try to do some things to confuse Julian Love, who I think is going to be the defensive signal caller for the Giants? But that's that's a storyline from the Giants side of things that if the Texans are trying to find little wrinkles to take advantage of, that's one of them. Give me a break. They're not going to take advantage of anything. John, I'm trying to find
1: six things to talk about. <laughs> okay. They're so bad on offense, Sean, and you know this. I think they could, defense could play with eight players and they would somehow be unable to exploit it because of how bad they've been. You know, the defense has the most snaps by rookies in the NFL. That's not surprising considering how many they've been playing. And even though they've given up a lot of yards rushing, It's just I have higher hopes for the defense than the offense. I just can't tell you. And it's the passing games, not the running game. Damian Pierce is the best thing they got going on. Every time he gets the ball, I can't take my eyes off of him. But it's Davis Mills and Pep Hamilton and the receivers. Nico Collins is practicing. Maybe he'll be back after missing games with a grunt injury because he's averaging 16.9 yards a catch, and they need him desperately.
0: All right, John, so there's our pregame six-pack. What's your prediction on this game? It sounds like you think it's going to be uh, maybe a, a closer game than the experts think. I
1: I think, uh, let's see, you said spread was six and a half. I'll six take, and a half. I'll take the Giants 20
0: to uh, 14. I have 20 to 17, Giants. So you and I are on the same page there. Texans hang around again. They've hung around in every game for a while, yep. you know. So yeah, that's
1: improvement yep. hanging around in the fourth quarter before you go down the toilet. They're slow starters and they're slow finishers. And the third quarter is their best. And then I don't know that I've seen a team just fold in the fourth quarter the way they do. And that's a lot. A lot of it's a lack of talent, but there's guys not playing as well as they did last year. This team, the record is going to be worse than it was last year by all accounts And that's why it's so mystifying. And I'll tell you something else. After writing and covering the Astros so much, first time I've ever covered a champion, and then seeing how they operate and how they play and how clutch they are and how the fans are behind them, and then going back to covering the Texans again, it's kind of like, I guess, the difference between like eating uh, filet mignon and then going back to chop liver.
0: Yep. It's uh it it it's a real buzzkill you're absolutely right uh